And that's so much in, in these verses, uh, John 19, 16 to 27, that I'm overwhelmed with it. And so instead of just simply go from verse to verse and just skim through, I've decided to take one verse in at least a half a verse at a time in order to get the complexity of this event. The crucifixion of our Lord it has to be a historical event that set the world free. And when you think of, uh, of setting the world free, you want to see every little subject. You want to be interested in exactly what really is done because behind it, it's got to be uh, prophetic. And so, verse 16, Then delivered he him, that's King James, therefore unto them. <laughs> I hate to do that to you, you know, this morning. To give you something like that. Then deliver he him therefore unto them to be crucified. In the next little, the next four or five ver words really got to me. And they took Jesus and led him away. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for those that are right now at this very moment sitting in front of a computer, in front of a TV and watching and ministering all over this world. We ask you, God, that you bring the word and convict them in Jesus' name. Amen. So, they took Jesus and led him away. Of course, two things that someone condemned to be crucified had to do. The first one is to be scorched. And I don't want to go into that. You know, you're familiar with the, with the subject. 39 slashes. And then they had to carry, I don't know how to pronounce this word, patibulum. Patibulum. Patibulum is, uh, or, or patibulum, or <laughs> which language you're in, yeah. it's that piece that, uh, it's a cross from the, on, on the pole. So, uh, the middle one, it's already on the ground. They would simply just... Uh, would hoist the person. They took Jesus and led him away outside of the city walls. First, carrying a heavy piece of wood after being scourged. These are two things that go with crucifixion. But it simply says they went outside of the city walls. Of course, when you are in the, in the, in the, in the city of Jerusalem, the holy city, and you are standing looking to Damascus Gate. There's stripes, red stripes all the way, all the way down. At least uh, from there to the Garden Tomb, which is one of the most recognized sites in Israel, it's about a block, a block and a half. In that area, there's a, 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 a quarry, there's a large garden. And there's a skull. And all of this is really bought by Gordon's, uh, a general uh, uh, from England, bought, uh, bought the property. It's called, it's called Gordon's Calvary. And it's a sight to see. If you've never been to Israel, uh, 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 it's a sight to be led into uh, an area where you can sit and stare at that skull 
And of course, on the other side of the skull, toward the right, there's a highway, a big city. And in those days, a, a very, very busy thoroughfare. And we believe that there on the top, Jesus was crucified. Now, they let him outside of the city. What do you mean outside of the city? They have 12 gates. And the walls of Jerusalem encompass these gates. Uh, when you go to the eastern gate, it faces the Mount of Olives. You, you can't miss that. Right at the bottom of the Mount of Olives, you have uh, Gethsemane, which is outside of the gate. So, in the Old Testament, when, when, when we deal, dealt with uh, sin offerings, after burned the sin offering, the ashes had to be removed uh, from the city. Leviticus 14, 12, John, says this. Leviticus 4.12 Even the whole bullock shall he carry forth without the camp unto a clean place where the ashes are poured out and burn him on the wood with fire where the ashes are poured out shall he be burnt. It had to be taken out because it, it was uh, burned and given for sin. And so, and so the time of Jesus, the time of the sacrificial system in Jerusalem, the idea in the Jewish mind was that there's something impure about sin. Something horrible about sin. That even the animal that was offered for sin, for the sin offering, after being burned, the ashes had to be removed and the bones and the, and the skin uh, outside of the walls to be disposed of. In Nehemiah chapter 11, verse 1, uh, it's an interesting scripture. I asked Pastor Ken Kim to read it this morning. Nehemiah chapter 11, verse 1. And the rulers of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people also cast lots to bring one of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine parts to dwell in other cities. Meaning that to live inside of the city had to be uh, by, by lots. You had to take chance in order to get a place to stay. Primarily because the city was holy. Isaiah 52.1 deals with uh, an interesting verse, Isaiah, about the holy city. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. The holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come unto you the uncircumcised and the unclean. And the unclean. So the uncircumcised and the unclean had to be away from the city. Had to be outside of the walls. Uh, in Matthew chapter 4 verse 5. Uh, and, they, and the devil took him up into the holy city. So this idea of cleanliness and uncleanliness has to do with the concept of sin being unclean. And it's very interesting because, you see, we live in a society today where there's no mention of holiness in, in the holy place. Uh, we made the choir the place for the, or for the piano, for the organ, for the, for the choir. But it is really uh, the holy of holies there. And where people sit is the holy place. But in Jerusalem, uh, it was very clear that within the walls, you're talking about uncleanliness. By, by the way, do you remember the essence, essence of Korem? We mentioned that a lot. And our tours to Israel, through Israel, 
we stop at the essence of Corim. The essence of Corim is a place to where uh, John the Baptist perhaps spent uh, many years of his life after the age of 12, leaving Zechariah and Elizabeth, and he began to make his house in the essence of Corim. Uh, the essence of Corim, th- those people were, were against defecation within the city of Jerusalem. had to be done outside of the wall. And of course, the place that was allocated for defecation was, was about a mile, half a mile, nearly a mile. Leviticus 14, 33 to 45, it's another scripture that presents uncleanliness in terms of leprosy in the city and outside of the walls. Listen to this. <clears throat> and the Lord spoke unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When you become, uh, you become into the land of Canaan, which I give to you for a possession, and I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession. And he who owns the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, It seems to me there is as it were a plague in the house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house, before the priest go into it to see the plague, that all that is in the house be not made unclean. And afterward, uh, the priest shall go in to see uh, see the house, and he shall look on the plague. And behold, if the plague be in the walls of the house with uh, hollow streaks, uh, greenish or uh, or reddish, which inside are lower than the wall, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days. And okay. the pri- and the priest shall come again the seventh day, and shall look. And behold, if the plague be spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which the plague is, and they shall cast them into an unclean place without the city. Right. And he shall cause the house to be scraped within round about, and they shall pour out the dust that uh, they scrape off without the city into an unclean place and they shall take uh, take other stones and put them in the place of those stones and he shall take uh, other mortar and shall uh, plaster the house and if the plague come again and break out in the house after that he has taken away the stones and after he has scraped the house and after it is plastered then the a priest shall come and look and behold if the plague be spread in the house it is it is a fretting yes. leprosy in the house and it is unclean yes. and he shall break down the house the stones of it and the timber thereof, and all the mortar of the house, and he shall thank carry you, them you, forth out, this, you, out of the city into an unclean place. Now, let me say this. Notice that the unclean had to be removed out of the house, out of your camp. And uh, it has to be removed, because the presence of uncleanness in the camp needs to be removed outside of the camp. Even in the Old Testament, for instance, uh, uh, God explains this to Moses and Aaron on how to deal with leprosy. In Numbers, those persons who were ceremoniously unclean were sent outside of the camp. Numbers 5, 1 through 4. Outside of the camp. It couldn't be inside. And so, 
you begin to notice that there's something about uncleanness in your camp. That if you, your camp is your house, your camp is your environment, your camp is your facility, your camp is where you are. And it's, it's, what this is saying is that in the Old Testament, uncleanness couldn't be inside of your camp, had to be removed outside of your camp in order for God to be a part of it. Lawbreakers were executed outside of the camp. Numbers 15.32 Now look for 25 to 30. I want to give you a, an idea of, of, of uncleanness in the time of Jesus. How he was dealt with by these Jewish leaders in terms of uncleanliness. Uh, John, would you read... Uh, Luke chapter 4, 25 to 30. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, When the heaven was shut up three years and six months, When great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, Save to Sarepta, a city of Sidon, Unto a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. Now, notice very carefully that Jesus speaks about healing in two, uh, two foreigners. Yeah, non-Jews. Yep. Non-Jews. Okay. And, and no, notice that non-Jews were unclean. Mm -hmm. But that God healed. Read that verse again, John. Okay. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elisha when the... Heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman who was a widow. Right, the, the woman of Sarepta, the, the widow. Yeah. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. Exactly, exactly. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these words, were filled with wrath. Yes. And rose up and thrust him out yes. of the city. They thrust him outside mm -hmm. of the city. And led him unto the brow of the hill, whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. So I'm trying to tell you that in the mentality of the people, the Jewish mentality, was that if there is something unclean in the environment, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the wall, within the walls, has to be removed to outside of the walls. Notice that has nothing to do with uncleanness in the heart, but uncleanness that is superficial on the skin, on the body. Notice that. Notice that uncleanness and the idea of, of, of holiness and purity, it is to the physical aspect of the city. Now, let's just continue. In Acts chapter five, 7, verse 58, it says, and, ca and, and, and cast him out of the city and stone him. Of course, we're referring to, to Stephen's. The stoning had to be done outside of the city. Now, let me just finish this before we begin applying this teaching. If you go to Jerusalem, you're going to see a quarter of a million Jews buried outside of the walls. When you look at uh, the Mount of Olives, 
It's completely packed, filled, every single space with Jewish. Buried there. And because of the understanding of the Jewish death realm, the spirit can return, and so they will not put the person underground, but put the person outside of the ground on a structure and leave spaces uh, for the the spirit to return. And, and of course, when you uh, look at the walls of Jerusalem, you begin to notice that they are on the unclean side. It's, it's, a, it's a sight to behold all over the city, all over the, the walls, on, on all sides, especially on the side to where the Golden Gate is. Now, the Golden Gate, it is the eastern gate, and it's closed. It is mortared. You're talking about concrete closed. All the other doors are open. So when Christ comes, if He moves over the bodies of the Jewish dead, then uh, He is going to step over the unclean, and God cannot in no shape or form step over the unclean. That's the mentality of the Jewish concept of holiness inside of the city and outside of the city. And so, your camp, your home must be clean. God cannot operate and rule in an area of your camp that is filled with uncleanliness. You've got to consider this this morning. I wonder how many people that are listening to me today understand that your house, it is a clean place. It is your camp. The things that defile your house will defile the presence of God. How many people I have met throughout my ministry that had inside of the house objects that were so unclean, so filthy, that the presence of God would not visit them or partake with them. And the, the reason, and you would respond to me, but that's this just old, old Testament, Rick. New Testament, the grace of God abounds. Well, how can you have a demon inside of your house? How can you have a spirit inside of your house that pushes away the Holy Spirit? And so your camp has to be clean. God will extend His grace to you, but those, uh, but these, you need to respond to to uh, to the holiness of God. You you don't push the envelope and continue to resist because you are culturally oriented. Your is your camp clean this morning? Is your house clean? Because of the presence of God among the Israelites. It became holy ground. The presence of God in, in, in the city made it holy ground. It wasn't the presence of people trying to be clean and, and, and holy. The presence of God made the grounds of Jerusalem holy. And so, it was not that they wanted to remove their uncleanness. They believed that God would, would leave them if they, uh, if they would not in no shape or form... Uh, Dealt with the uncleanliness. Now, now we're in the we're in the times where Jesus is in heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of God. And when you look at this story, you come to a conclusion 
And one of the things you, you, you come to understand, sin was a serious thing. The body of an animal with a sin offering had to be taken outside of the camp. Leviticus 4.12, killed, burned. Sin was taken very seriously. The Israelites failed continuously to accept the holiness of God. They accepted the holiness of their attitude in the exterior. But the holiness of God in the inside uh, was not understood. Ezekiel 24.13. I don't know who has that. Ezekiel. And it's an interesting scripture. Let me, let me read it to you. Go ahead. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 24.13. All right. In your filthiness is lewdness, because I have purged you, and you are not purged. You shall not be purged from your filthiness anymore, till I have caused my fury to rest upon you. In other words, when, when you're not being purged by the Holy Spirit, because you resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you become unclean to yourself and you become unclean to God. So it's, it's a concept that is inside. It's not an outside. It's not something to do with an animal. You are the, Jesus is the temple now. And you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so cleanliness and, and healing and, and righteousness and goodness and kindness and gentleness, the fruits of the Spirit, operate into your life. Because you are resisting your flesh. So the result of them not accepting the purging of God, Israel resisted. The result was the exile. Jerusalem was destroyed. Jeremiah explains this, uh, saying that Jerusalem had sinned greatly and so had become unclean. Go look at Lamentations 1.8. Jerusalem resisted so much the presence of God that they become unclean to God. Jerusalem has grievously sinned. Therefore she is removed. All who honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yes, she sighs and turns backward. When you go to Israel today and you see the hotels in the holy city, you stay like the Gloria hotels and you see the food and the travelers and the, and, and the tourists traveling and walking, you see the business, you see, you see the selling and buying. Look what Jesus said about Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem is a, is a den of robbers. He never stayed in the city. He stayed always outside of the city. Jesus, unlike all the Jews, stayed away. And so the question to you this, this morning as we close this Bible study is, uh, how can you clean your camp? How can you come to a position where you are resisting sin in your life? Listen, do you know that Gethsemane is just outside of the city? Jesus was at least a hundred feet, a hundred fifty feet at the bottom of the Mount of Olives, 
in Gethsemane praying before he, he was taken to be crucified. Now, one way to understand this and to put uh, 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 really a, a good perspective on this Bible study, it is Hebrews 13. Because Hebrews 13 explains why did Jesus prophetically had to be crucified outside of the city. Look at Hebrews 13, John, verse 11, 12, and 13. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go therefore thereunto him without the camp. So let's take a look. For the beasts, for the bodies of the beasts, the animals of various kinds that were taken as sin offering whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, are burned without the camp, are burned outside of the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. Notice now that the sacrificial system used animals. God simply said to humanity, You don't need a lamb. I'm going to send you a lamb without sin, without spotless. His name is Jesus Christ. And as He comes into the holy city to be, to be crucified, notice that all the events that Jesus went through in the trial with Pilate was inside of the city. Inside of a corrupted, filthy, den of robbers place. Inside of the city. And so, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. So when purity and holiness comes into your life in the person of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus who, who, who washes you totally clean, bathes you with healing. What is that Isaiah says? Your sins will become as White as snow. The people in his own, with his own blood suffered without the gate. The sin offering was burned without the camp. Jesus, who is all other points, fulfilled the law of atonement, fulfilled in this point in Matthew 27. He gave himself the same way that the unclean did, and he purified, he healed, he delivered. He set you free from the law of sin and death. And today, through Christ Jesus, you can be forgiven. You can be washed. You can be renewed. But you have to understand, you have to keep your, your camp clean. You have to keep your camp clean. You have to resist that which wants to kill you, destroy you. And you do it by understanding that Jesus, the Son of God, spotless, without sin, Followed the most unclean place to be crucified. He followed where all of the skin of the animals were burned. Where all the horrible deaths took place. Where the people were poor. Where there was no life in it. And in, in that place, He gave Himself for you and I. He transformed and He became the temple. Today Jesus is on the right side of God and the Lord Jesus is praying for us, interceding for us. He's our intercessor. 
So let's pray today. Would you say after me? Say, Heavenly Father. I pray, God, that through Jesus Christ, I'll be able to come into the holy city, prepare as a bride, beautifully adorned for her husband. God, I thank you that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, outside of the camp, I learned to keep my place holy, my family holy, my children holy, my ministry holy before God, without pleasing anyone, without bothering to be well known, without trying to, 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 to sell the fish, God, that I stand before the people of God, telling them to clean themselves by the blood of Jesus, available today to anyone. And so anywhere you are, would you lift your hand, if you are in China and Korea and in England, and you are in a boat in the ocean, anywhere you are, lift your hand and say, Father, clean me. Convict me of sin, of righteousness and judgment. I receive your cleanliness. I receive your holiness. I receive your righteousness. And I ask you, God, to purify me by the power of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. See you tomorrow. Que é no meu viver alma brilha em mim Brilha a luz Que é no meu viver Brilha a luz que é no mundo meu viver.